Hi, this is Ophira Eisenberg from Ask Me Another. As an NPR listener, we know you have thoughts, passionate opinions, and clear ideas about how the world should work. Come on, admit it, you know you do. And we're a new show constantly seeking to improve ourselves. We'd love to hear from you. Fill out a survey at amasurvey.org. And be honest, we can take it. From NPR and WNYC, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for the next hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Coming up on Ask Me Another, we're going celluloid with some of our favorite movie games. We'll mash up plots, contemplate why sequels have such ridiculous titles, and even get a little randy. That's right. Did you know that any, and I mean any, movie can be randy numinized with a jaunty tune? Like this. Keep walking, Frodo, to save the Shire. You're gonna have to chuck the ring in the fire. Nobody believed that he could win. <laughs> Go, Lord of the Rings, the return of the king. Go. But this first game is called Small Screen Adaptation because every great movie can be cashed in for an even better television show. I mean, how many times have you thought Gone with the Wind should really be a television series? And each episode should start with Rhett and Scarlett and their friends at a coffee shop. Line up the Emmys. The musical duo Paul and Storm join me for this first game. Let's get rolling. We have Lori Wogue and Brian Davini. Welcome to the Ask Me Another stage. Brian Davini, for our listeners, is wearing a kilt. I need to point that out. It is very important. Uh, are you Scottish, Brian? No, I'm Irish. You're Irish. Is that an Irish kilt? This is the Irish revenge tartan. That sounds like some sort of martial arts move. (laughs) It it means don't tick me off. Always good to start on the offensive. (laughs) Brian, are you into trivia? Are you a big trivia? I love trivia. What is your favorite brand of trivia? Do you have a a sort that you're like really knowledgeable about? The Miss Universe pageant. (laughs) That's amazing. Do you have one fun fact about a... Miss Universe 1971 was from Lebanon, and she was the only Miss Universe to be crowned wearing hot pants. <laughs> I'm going to talk to Lori right now, because Lori could weigh in on all of this. She's an immigration lawyer. I am. You probably have heard it all. I have, yes. Uh, just so you know, I do have a green card, and it has not expired. Okay. So I'm Very good. Green. I wasn't going to ask. That's my policy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That, good to know. Yes. So in this game, we're going to present some ideas for television series based on big screen films, but since they need to be scaled down for the small screen, we've removed a letter from the title. So we'll describe the show, and you give us the new title. For example, if we said, this series features a sweet, dim-witted baseball official who thinks life is like a box of chocolates, we'd be talking about Forrest Ump. Oh, okay. Forrest Gump minus the G to make him an umpire. This sounds hard. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. A fussy old southern woman makes a new best friend, the African-American swimming coach, who prompts her to jump off the high board. Lori. Driving Michael Phelps. (laughs) (laughs) That is incorrect. It's a fun answer. 
Brian, did you have it? Diving Miss Daisy. Diving Miss Daisy. That is correct. Could I say right now that I would totally watch the TV show Driving Michael Phelps? <laughs> From Pixar comes the adventures of some Meshuggah talking dreidels, such a Saurus. Lori. Oy Story. Oy Story. Each week, a different angel is told that if he saves a despondent soul, he'll get his wings. But that turns out to be a big, fat fib. Brian's looking up. Lori's looking at me. You guys just got to know the answer to this one. <laughs> oh, Lori. It's a wonderful something. Yeah, it yeah. is a wonderful something, yeah. yes. It's a wonderful wife. That is incorrect. Brian is trying It's a wonderful lie. It's a wonderful lie, yes. Thank you, Lori. An overprotective clownfish desperately tries to locate his son, last seen wearing his hair over his eyes, listening to Weezer, and swimming with sharks off the coast of Australia. Brian. Finding emo. Finding emo. Jack Nicholson plays a jaded private detective in this hard-boiled mystery series set in a city full of green, moss-covered pets. Lori. Chia Town. Chia Town. <laughs> Julia Roberts reprises her role as a beautiful prostitute, but this time she's spitefully insisting on being bought dinner as well. Brian. Petty woman? That is correct. We also would have accepted eat, pay, love. <laughs> fun. You two were wonderful contestants. Turns out that Brian is the winner of this round and we'll be moving on. Thank you so much to Lori. All this hour, Ask Me Another celebrates the cinephile in all of us. And some of the best movie moments would be nothing without a great musical score. In this next game, Paul and Storm pay tribute to a guy who scored countless movies. He's been nominated for 20 Academy Awards and he's got a friend in all of us. Contestants Curtis Ray and Jen Madura joined us for this next game. Jen, I'm fascinated that you are training to be a professional psychotherapist. Oh, I'm in. I'm a training to be counseling. I'm in counseling yeah. school right now. Okay, so, so I have some. I have a couple questions about what's going on with me right okay. now. Is that cool? <laughs> Just quickly, what is the best way to cure disappointment? Um, maybe not put yourself in that situation in the first place. Wow, wow, that sounds very logical <laughs> and impossible. But I like that sounds smart. You sound smart. Curtis, do you have any questions about your life that you would like to ask Jen? Am I supposed to be sweating so much? <laughs> Might want to ask your doctor. <laughs> that is just so like a counselor, right? He just passes it along. Yeah, okay. Paul Storm. Yes. Paul and Storm. Do you have a game for us? We do. Uh, Storm and I are huge, huge fans of American singer-songwriter Randy Newman. Yes. Yeah, you know, the guy who sang Short People and did all those Pixar movie themes like, You Got a Friend in Me. He's actually done a whole lot of movie theme songs, and Storm and I are firmly of the belief that every single movie ever made should have a Randy Newman theme song. And it's actually quite easy because they all sound pretty much like this. Here's an example. 
Look out, iron men, for them Thor hammer throws. Scarlet Johansson's wearing real tight clothes. Nobody believed that they could win. Go, Avengers, go. What we're going to do is we're going to sing some Randy Newman theme songs from past and present films. And your job is to ring in once we have finished the line, nobody believes that he or they could win. And then you will fill in the blank, go, name of movie title, go. Now, you don't have to sing it. Yes, they have to sing it. They totally have to sing it. You have to sing it. That's the law. It's the Ophira law. Yeah, I love singing. And the contestant who gets more right moves on to our final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Sure. Yes. (laughs) Here we go. You think it's the real world, but it's not what it seems. When Leo DiCaprio's running round in your dreams. Nobody believed that he could win. Curtis. Go Inception, go. Correct, and I might say, very boldly sung, sir. Here we go. You saved the Union, and you freed all the slaves. Now treat yourself. Go and see a nice play. Nobody believed that he could win. Curtis. Go, Lincoln, go. (laughs) Correct. It's so nice the kids know their history these days. A little angelic in there. Very nice. Well, he, he was our president. <laughs> You're geekier than I thought, Curtis. I enjoy you. Absolutely. <laughs> Respect through melisma. <laughs> That's right. You've had lots of money, but now you're dead. Turns out Rosebud was your sled. Nobody believed that he could win. Jen. Go, Citizen Kane, go. Correct! Also, uh, a spoiler alert. Uh. Here we go, Paul. The series now is over, so you can be sure Vampires ain't gonna sparkle no more Nobody believed that they could win. Jen. Go, Twilight, go. I think we need to be more specific. A little more information, please. Oh, go, Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, Parts 1 and 2, go. I like your style. You're like, let's just put everything I've ever learned about Twilight in the answer. I think we'll give it to her. Art says, yeah, yeah, we're going to give it to you. Well done. You sold lots of cocaine right up to the end. Say hello to my little friend. Nobody believed that he could win. Go, Serpico, go. Curtis, so close. 
Go Scarface Go. That is correct. Jen, you did it. You won this round. Congratulations. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Curtis, thank you. So entertaining. And your singing was beautiful. Just You're beautiful. You're a pleasure. Coming up, we'll ask if you can think of a movie that does not star Michael Caine, Donald Sutherland, or Anthony Hopkins. Go on. Name one. Come on. Plus, it seems even movie monsters have a hard time finding love. So we made Godzilla an online dating profile in a game we call e-horror money. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. Welcome back to Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and this hour we're featuring some of our favorite games about the business of Hollywood. No, no, not liposuction. That quiz show would suck. Literally. Right now we're talking about making movies. So let's say you have a great idea for a film. The next step, of course, is to pitch your story to a room full of studio executives. Ah, you're sweating bullets as you try to describe your project, even though it sounds a little weird, because it's a highbrow trivia show with word games as well, and it's hosted by a Canadian woman, and there's live music and real contestants. What? You like it? It's sold? I knew it! So, in this next round, house musician Jonathan Colton and I pitch some high-concept films. All right, we have our next two contestants. Let's welcome Kyle Warren and Ashley Bogard. Hello. Ashley, have you ever been on a game show before? No, I have not. Did you watch them as a kid? Um, I like to watch The Price is Right, but I had a little bit of a problem with Bob Barker. Oh, yeah? I wrote him an anti-fan letter. He was very rude to an elderly lady after she lost. Aww. Yeah. So what happened? He just pushed her off the stage. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I thought he should treat everyone equally, even, like, you know, the hostesses, you know? He should treat them all the same. Absolutely! Even the elderly, you know? Are yeah. you also Canadian? No. Oh, okay. That's just one of our slogans. No. I like you a lot, I can tell already. That is a beautiful story. Nice. Welcome. <laughs> Kyle Ward? Hello. Hello. Do you have a game show background? I don't, no. Never been on a show before? I've never even seen one. <laughs> have you done any trivia? I have. I was uh, recently a member of a winning trivia team at the Tournament of Champions. Ah, you were a champion. I was a champion. And what did you win? We won a $60 bar tab, like you do. Nice. A $100 gift certificate to a record store. And a bike, a mountain bike. Wow. All right, well, this next game is called Double Feature. Because they say in Hollywood, the best way to sell your film, of course, is to compare it to previously successful movies. So you might describe your sci-fi romantic comedy as Inception meets Pretty Woman. In this game, we're going to pitch you an idea that combines two famous films. The catch is that the two films share one important word in common. For example, Jonathan. A middle-aged man played by Steve Carell has his world turned upside down when his wife asks for a divorce. He finds salvation when he walks through the Kalahari Desert and gets hit in the head with a Coke bottle that falls from the sky. The title of that movie is The Gods Must Be Crazy, Stupid Love. Exactly! It's a combination of, combination of The Gods Must Be Crazy and Crazy, Stupid Love. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And who doesn't want to see that movie? All right, contestants, so your job is to tell us the new title... 
that is a combination of the two movies that inspire the pitch. Okay, and remember that the films have a key word in common. We will begin. Everyone likes films with talking animals, right? Of course, but get this. In this film, a gigantic gorilla has a gigantic stammering problem. Fortunately, he carries Jeffrey Rush to the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> They're thinking. Mm. A giant, gigantic gorilla. <laughs> gigantic stammering problem. Kyle. King Kong speech. King Kong speech. I know, it takes a little while to put it together, right? All right, let's see if you can get this next one. In this coming-of-age teen western, a clash between a perpetually stoned surfer played by Sean Penn and his stern history teacher finally comes to a head as they face off in a gunfight as the 12 o'clock bell sounds. Fast times at Ridgemont, high noon. Fast times at Ridgemont, high noon. Indeed. Picture this. George Clooney... And Ryan Gosling. That's it. Just picture that. <laughs> now imagine them playing cute little birds. Oh, yeah. Involved in the political intrigue of a presidential campaign during their annual migration in Antarctica. Morgan Freeman narrates. <laughs> Kyle. The Ides of March of the Penguins. <laughs> yes, indeed. Ashley, don't get discouraged. You got yeah. loads of time. No, loads yeah. of time. Yeah. Let's take the sparkling wit of a Jane Austen romance and make it into a real tearjerker. As soon as Elizabeth and Darcy get married, we find out that she's dying of Lou Gehrig's disease. The pride and prejudice of the Yankees? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> you are correct, Kyle. <laughs> Starring Derek Jeter. <laughs> A movie actor helps a young singer-slash-actress played by Barbra Streisand find fame and master the lightsaber, even as age, alcoholism, and the dark side of the Force send his own career into a downward spiral. A Star Wars is born? <laughs> a Star Wars is born! <laughs> Ashley, I, yeah. how's it going? I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. great, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got, we've got a few more. You're still yeah. in good shape. A former assassin wakes up from a coma and sets out to take her bloody revenge on the four associates who betrayed her. Napoleon, Joan of Arc, Genghis Khan, and Socrates. Kill Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Kill Bill and Ted's. (laughs) Which sounds so fun. Ashley. I know, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We loved having you on the stage. Yeah. I know. We would love to have you back anytime. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so thanks. thank you so much. Yeah. How about a hand for thanks. Ashley? Congratulations, Kyle. You're moving on to our Ask Me One More final round. Are you the person in your family everyone turns to for answers to important questions like, what's the name of that actress in that weird made-for-TV movie we watched last Thanksgiving? Well, then do we have a challenge for you. To be a contestant on a future show, reach us on Twitter or Facebook at NPR Ask Me Another or email us at askmeanother at npr.org and we'll send you a little test to see if you can hold your own in the Ask Me One More final round.
Let's get back to the puzzle mania with our next two contestants, Debbie Chen and Greg Silberman. Hi, Debbie. Welcome. Hi. Uh, I am told that recently you were teaching in Hong Kong? I was. Uh, kindergarten. English. I know. Adorable. They were really cute. I'm sure. Yeah. And Greg, uh, I was told from a little bird that you knew your wife for, what, 17 days before you proposed to her? Yes. 17? Yep. I know. 17. That is, that is a man who knows what he wants. And, and how long? You, you're still married after 16 seven. years. 16 years. All right. See, conventional, un unconventional, it always works. It yeah. always works. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. You, you know, there's uh, the, apparently there's a lot of, uh, I don't do this because I'm an old person, I'm not married, but apparently a lot of people find love on the internet. Yes, they do. Online Do you, you have any experience dating. with the online dating? Uh, I did a little online dating. You know, when I moved to New York, couldn't uh, find anyone. But I, uh, I was on J-Date and, um, yeah, a couple woos. That's hilarious. Actually, just one woo. Um, <laughs> and you have to title your profile. Like, you have to give yourself a tagline. And mine was, I didn't know what to put because I was like, I'm in my 30s. You know, I've dated a lot. Um, so I just put as is. <laughs> Well, as it turns out, online dating is difficult uh, for everyone, uh, including fictional horror movie monsters and villains. Uh, they are also using those services, so be careful when you're responding to ads. It might be a <laughs> fictional monster or villain. Uh, that is actually the subject of our next game, which is called E-Horror Money. <laughs> E-Horror Money? E-Horror Money. <laughs> So, Afira, as an example, see if you can figure out who wrote this online personals ad. I'm not your average hunk, 250 feet tall and a giant tail to boot. But if you like long walks on the beach, fire breathing, and destroying most of downtown Tokyo, I'm all yours. <laughs> I, that would be Godzilla, of course. Yes, sooner or later, everyone dates their father. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so contestants, I'm going to read you some more fictional personal ads from scary movie characters. Ring in and tell us the movie that they're from. So we don't need the character, we just need the name of the movie. Whoever gets more right will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you don't sound convinced. Do you love animals, especially lots of them all at the same time? I'm looking to swoop in and peck you all over. Warning, my boss will make a brief appearance on our first date. Greg. The birds? That is correct. <laughs> I'm a busy writer, but all work and no play makes me a dull boy. I've already picked out our first date, an isolated Colorado mountain hotel. Debbie. The Shining? That's correct. Yes. Persistent lunatic looking for love, and I will not be ignored... You're married? I can work with that for a while, but please, no pets, especially rabbits. Yes, Greg. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Right. It's lonely up here in this big house, technically, all by myself. Mama's boy in search of an iconic woman for ominous conversation and film genre establishment. Let's take an unforgettable shower together. That was Debbie. Psycho. That's right. Psycho. 
Tired of the underground scene in the Nevada desert, ready to shake things up and burst out. I want to wrap myself tightly around you. Favorite food? Probably bacon. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Greg, that was you. Tremors. Yes, it is. Your, your movie knowledge speaks to a wasted life, Greg. <laughs> what? Just saying. I'm only saying that because I'm threatened by how smart he seems. I know, he, gets, he dings in right for the first line. I I, but I feel like that's also, you know, maybe a strategy. It's interesting. You've both used it. <laughs> Me, disgraced former nurse and your biggest fan. You, successful writer looking to disappear for a while. Yes, Greg. Misery? Yes. Wow. Uh, Greg, you have won the game. Congratulations. I will wait a lifetime if it takes that long. I know she's out there, for I have heard her song and dreams she sings to me. Her angel's voice is symphony. Mm-hmm. She's my millionaire girlfriend, and she's my life. Once I finally find her, I'll get permission from the wife. We will all live in our castle high My beloved and my millionaire girlfriend and I My beloved and my millionaire girlfriend and I That was Ask Me Another's one-man band, Jonathan Colton, singing about his millionaire girlfriend, the one accessory you must have to make it in showbiz, or the restaurant business. Now, calling all connoisseurs of IMDb, if you spend hours trawling the internet movie database to learn actors' entire filmographies, this game is for you. It's called He Was In That? And it's about certain seasoned stars who might just be the hardest-working men on the lot. But first, we learn a little bit about the movie-watching habits of our next two contestants, Hannah Van Winkle and Jason Shapiro. So happy to have you both. Welcome. Thank Thank you. you. Hannah, you are a television producer? Indeed. Do you watch a lot of movies? Yeah, fair amount. What is one movie in your, like, top ten? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Nice. Jason Shapiro, math major, now working for a financial firm that does high math. That's basically right. Do you watch a lot of movies? I would watch the movie Airplane as many times as necessary. Oh, you like a comedy. I get it. This game is called He Was In That. And you know how it seems like some actors are in every movie? That's because some of them literally are. Try to name a movie, for example, that does not star Michael Caine, Anthony Hopkins, or Donald Sutherland. Try it. Try it right now. Try it. Try it. You Airplane. Can't. <laughs> Airplane. <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> All right, you did it. In this game, I'm going to name a movie, and you're going to tell me which one of these illustrious thespians appeared in that film. Okay, so it's Kane, Hopkins, or Sutherland. We'll start with you, Hannah. He gave love-starved butlers a good name in The Remains of the Day. Hopkins. That is correct. (laughs) Jason, he was the depressingly loyal butler Alfred in The Dark Knight. Kane. That is correct. 
Hannah, in the original 1969 The Italian Job, he was the head thief, Charlie Croker. Kane. That is correct. In the 2003 remake of The Italian Job, <laughs> he played John Bridger, a con man out for one last heist. Let's throw a southern one out there. All right, let's throw it out and let's be correct. Hannah, Mary Tyler Moore played his wife in Ordinary People. Hopkins. Ooh, I'm sorry. That would be Donald Sutherland. In Hannah and Her Sisters, Jason, he was married to Hannah and fell for one of her sisters. Because he's like that. (laughs) Hopkins. Hopkins is incorrect. Let me throw it out there for that one. Kane, says the audience with sort of a weird judgmental lilt in their voice. <laughs> Death fell in love with his daughter in Meet Joe Black. What do you think, Hannah? Hopkins. You got that right. He lusted after his friend's teenage daughter in Blame It on Rio. Sutherland. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me throw it out there for that one. See, in that same judgmental lilt, they said it again. (laughs) In a career highlight, he played Hoagie in Jaws the Revenge. Hannah. Kane. Kane is correct. Someone knows her Jaws (laughs) 4. He and Julie Christie were rumored to have actually done it in their love scene in Don't Look Now. As in, don't look at them really doing it. (laughs) Kane. <laughs> you would think so, but no. This time it's Sutherland, isn't it? <laughs> you would think so. I know you were like, just don't make the audience yell that at me again. That's right. <laughs> Not correct in this case. Sutherland is correct. Hannah, in Magic, perhaps the best movie ever made about a ventriloquist. And I know the contenders in that category the are canon just of ridiculous. That is just, yeah. yeah. He was Corky Withers and the voice of Fats, his dummy. Got to be Hopkins. Yes, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) I know answers like that make you excited. You're like, I I know stuff. I know stuff. I'm a good guesser. You are a good guesser. In the film adaptation of Nathaniel West's novel, The Day of the Locust, he played the main character who was named, believe it or not, Homer Simpson. You're now venturing into movies that I haven't even ever known to exist. Yeah. Let's go with Hopkins. We'll go with incorrect, but that's a good guess. (laughs) I'll throw it out there one more time. Only a couple people, but Sutherland was the answer. (laughs) Hannah, you're our winner. A great match. Thank you so much, Jason. After the break, find out what gets lost in translation when American movies go global. And we wonder, are all movies actually the same I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This is Ask Me Another on NPR. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, continuing our hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia about the silver screen. For this next round, we see how blockbusters change as they travel from a theater in Peoria to one in Pakistan. 
Puzzle guru Art Chung joined me in this game about American movie titles in foreign languages. And we have two new contestants. Let's welcome Maura Pine. Hello. Hello. And Frank Gauthier. Hello. Now, Maura, you grew up in Luxembourg, but then moved to Pennsylvania. That's a common route, right? Very common. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I spent eight years in Luxembourg growing up. What do you remember from Luxembourg? It's really small. and <laughs> <laughs> It even seemed small when you were there. You're it like, did. wow, I just got to walk uh, across the room. I also figured out that Luxembourgish is not a language worth learning. <laughs> Luxembourg is not a language worth Luxembourgish, learning. yes. It's called Luxembourgish? Well, yes. come on, that sounds fake. Luxembourgian was a little too long-winded, so... <laughs> Luxembourgish. That sounds like you're not even committed to learning the language. No, and it's, it's not even really its own language. It kind of just sounds like German with, like, a little syllable thrown in everywhere. A little flair? Yep. German with flair. All right. Okay, and Frank Goche here. He, now, I know this about you. You have a one-man comedy variety show that you hope to take to Vegas. That's right. Uh, it's based on the old Ed Sullivan show. Ed, oh, yes. Do you do Ed Sullivan impressions? I do. Would we like to hear a little Ed Sullivan? Can you do a little one for us? Yes, yes. Okay, well, okay. the other day at the Museum of Broadcasting, I heard a good one. He said, uh, Now in our audience tonight are two warm and friendly people, the foster couple who raised the actor James Dean from childhood. Now, you know, young Dean was injured to death in a serious automobile accident. <laughs> and so it goes. <laughs> that is the darkest example of a Ed Sullivan impression I could have dreamt up. Thank you for that. That was fantastic and extraordinarily well done. All right. So the game that you are going to play is called Movies in Other Languages. Art? Explain this game. Okay, this is not about foreign films. Actually, these are about American films that get shown overseas. You see, when American movies are shown overseas, they change the titles to sell them better to their audiences, sometimes with hilarious results. So, for example, Afira, what film was shown in Germany under the title Urban Neurotic? <laughs> okay, first, Urban Neurotic is redundant. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess... Sex in the City. How about if I told you it starred Diane Keaton and Woody Allen? Oh, Annie Hall. Of course. Urban <laughs> Neurotic. How funny. Wow. Okay, so we're going to give you the overseas title of the film translated into English. And your task is to give us the name of the film originally, what the film was originally called. Whoever scores higher will move on to our Ask Me One More final round. Are you ready? Yavo. We? Okay, perfect. <laughs> Excellent. This 2004 drama was known in Italy as If You Leave Me, I Delete You. 2004 drama. If you want a hint, it starred Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Mora. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Correct. This 1978 musical was known in Argentina as Vaseline. <laughs> Frank. Greece. Greece is correct. <laughs> Do not get your car serviced in Argentina. That's all I have to say. This 1999 science fiction film was known in France as The Young People Who Traverse Dimensions While Wearing Sunglasses. The Matrix? Yes. <laughs> The 
old people never traverse dimensions. Never. Just the young people. Well, they do. People. They have their own movie, though. It's a different movie. <laughs> Cocoon. It's called Cocoon. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the senior matrix. This 1996 dark comedy was shown in China under the title Mysterious Murder in Snowy Cream. <laughs> Mora. Fargo? Correct. Yes! This 1978 comedy was known in Germany as I Think a Horse Kicked Me. Frank. Frank. They shoot horses, don't they? <laughs> was that a comedy? <laughs> no, I don't. I think that's not a comedy. Mora. I can give you the hint. It starred John Belushi and Donald Sutherland. Animal House? Correct. Very close. Mora is our winner of this round. Yes, another hand for Frank Goche for playing it. Hilarious and fantastic. And Mora, you'll be joining us at the end of the show for our Ask Me One More final round. Congratulations. Welcome to my secret lair on Skullcrusher Mountain. Hope that you've enjoyed your stay so far as you've met my assistant Scarface. His appearance is quite disturbing, but I assure you he's harmless enough. He's a sweetheart, calls me master, and he has a way of finding pretty things, bringing them to me. Oh, and I'm so into you, but I'm way too smart for you even my henchmen think i'm crazy i'm not surprised that you'd agree if you could find some way to be a little bit less afraid of me you'd see the voices that control me from inside my head say i shouldn't kill you yeah i shouldn't kill you That was Ask Me Another's house musician Jonathan Colton with his ballad, Skullcrusher Mountain. Maybe it's true what they say. There really is no such thing as an original idea. Take romantic comedies. You need a meet-cute between two lonely, confused people, then add a conflict, like their car breaks down or an old flame magically reappears, but fear not. An epiphany will happen before the credits roll. Love hurts. And then they will run. Yes, literally run to each other because love is inevitable. <sighs> I could watch that over and over again. And I have. Because all movies are the same, which happens to be the title of our next game. Our puzzle guru, Will Hines, joined us to figure out just how often movie motifs are recycled. Moving on, here are our next two contestants, Luke Green and Jordan Shervarabi. Luke, what is your favorite movie? Oh, God, that's such a hard question. Probably Die Hard. Die Hard. Oh, I like your style. Or yeah. Die Harder. Or Die Harder. Oh, I don't like your style. Yes. Die Hard. Okay, good. Jordan, what's your favorite movie? Something's Gotta Give. Interesting. 
all time, yeah, all time right. favorite. Yeah, because you related to it. I do somehow, yeah. Diane Keaton's my girl. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. Will, what's our next game? This game is called All Movies Are the Same. We're going to give you a list of movies. You have to tell us what they have in common. Could be a certain plot point, a character, a setting. Ring in when you think you know the answer. Right, here we go. Adaptation, The Social Network, The Parent Trap, and Stuck on You. Luke. Twins? That is right. They all prominently feature twins. Well done. A Beautiful Mind, Fight Club, Harvey, and Drop Dead Fred. Jordan. Your imagination. <laughs> That's all movies, I right? I know you're right, but just put it in a longer phrase. Uh, really? You're asking me to? Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. Using your... Um, you know, kind of subconscious imagination <laughs> to create things and really win and uh, succeed at what you're doing. That's right, imaginary friends. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, Jordan, you were like, really, do I have to? We're like, yeah, you're on our show, you have to. <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Breaking Away, and the Triplets of Belleville. Jordan. Bicycles. That's right. Ten Things I Hate About You, West Side Story, Forbidden Planet, and Akira Kurosawa's Ron. Luke. Uh, they are Shakespeare. That is right. Adapted from they Shakespeare. They are Shakespeare. Dial M for Murder, The Royal Tenenbaums, Strangers on a Train, and Match Point. Luke. Tennis. That's right. They all feature uh, someone who's, who's a tennis professional. Yeah, that was fast. Right on that. The Philadelphia Story, Eight and a Half, The Producers, and The Little Shop of Horrors. Jordan. They were all musicals or plays. Yes, they all got made into musicals. So, uh, yes, we'll take that. Very good. Very good. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, Pleasantville, Natural Born Killers, and Memento. Luke. They were all black and white at the beginning and then turned into color. They mixed both black and white and color footage, so we'll, we'll take that. That seemed like a pretty even match right there. Well, we had somebody... Oh, somebody just by an in. edge. Luke, you did it. You Whoa! won this round. So close. What a great, great little quiz right there. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round. That was a hard one. I think those guys are brainiacs. Give them another round of applause. If you like Ask Me Another on the radio, you should try a live taping. Tickets for our upcoming shows at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, and elsewhere are available on amatickets.org. We've reached our Ask Me One More final round. This is when we bring back all the winners from the previous quizzes and have them battle it out in one last game. 
Since this episode is all about movies, the final round is two. But it features different contestants than the ones you've been playing along with for the last hour. We can do amazing things like that here at NPR with magical editing. It's just like Tinseltown. Our puzzle guru, Art Chung, quizzes our winning contestants about their knowledge of movie sequels in a final showdown aptly named Electric Boogaloo. So this game is called Electric Boogaloo. Is that right, Art? That's correct. What, I'm scared. What does that mean? Well, some of us are old enough to remember the 1984 breakdancing movie Breakin' and its oddly named sequel, Breakin' 2, colon, Electric Boogaloo. As you may know, in Breakin' 2, Kelly, Ozone, and Turbo stop an evil developer from bulldozing the local community center through the power of breakdancing. <laughs> Because breakdancing can do anything. Anything can, can be stopped through breakdancing. We're going to give you the subtitle of a movie, and you tell us the film series that used it. So, for example, if I said Freddy's Revenge, you would say Nightmare on Elm Street. Easy. Okay. We're going to play this spelling bee style. So one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to answer. The last person standing is this week's grand prize winner. Okay? Here we go. Matt. Attack of the Clones. Uh, that would be Star Wars. Correct. James, The Fellowship of the Ring. That would be The Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is correct. Rachel, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Austin Powers. Correct. Amit, The Wrath of Khan. Star Trek. Star Trek, yes. We're back to Matt. Dead Man's Chest. That would be Pirates of the Caribbean. That's correct. James, Pig in the City. Babe? Babe, yes. Rachel, Red, White, and Blonde. Legally Blonde. Correct. Amit, European Gigolo. Deuce Bigelow. Correct. Matt, back in the habit. Uh, sister act. Correct. <laughs> James, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Quizzical look. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the seismologist who love me. No. <laughs> Rachel, do you know? Tokyo Drift. Two seconds. Yeah, no, I don't. Okay, Amit, do you know? The Fast and the Furious? That's correct. We're down to Matt and Amit. Matt, when nature calls. Ace Ventura. Correct. Amit, lost in New York. Home Alone? Yes. Matt, citizens on patrol. Uh, Police Academy. Police Academy 4. I knew that one. Amit, Golden Receiver. Air Bud? Yes. <laughs> Did you guys used to work at a video store or something? <laughs> Matt, The Legend of Curly's Gold. City Slickers. Yes. Amit, The Edge of Reason. 
Five seconds. I'm sorry, we're out of time. I don't know. I don't Matt, know. if you know this, you will be the grand prize winner. Well, it's based on a, a V, V, good book. It's a Bridget Jones diary. Yes! yes. <laughs> Matt! You're today's big winner! That's a wrap. But there's so much more. Listen to all of our episodes by subscribing to our podcast, and you can always find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, his name anagrams to launch at Jot Noon. With special musical guests Paul and Storm. Modular pants. Our puzzle gurus were Will Hines. Hells, I win. And Art Chung. Narc Thug. Who is also our puzzle editor. With additional puzzle writing by Mark Halpin, Greg Lightman, Dan Schofield, Julian Shepard, and Noah Tarno. Ask Me Another is produced by Josh Rogeson. So Jig Honors. John Asante. Hat. No jeans. And Eleanor Kagan. And Orange Lake. AMA is recorded by Paul Ruest, Noriko Okabe, and David Hurtkin. Our senior supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Jab Seekers. Our general manager is Portia Robertson-Migas. And our executive producer is Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. Our home in Brooklyn, New York. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Coming up on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, international chess grandmaster Maurice Ashley shares his game-winning strategy. If they screw up, you go kill them immediately. I feel like I'm talking to a spy half the time, and then I realize we're talking about chess. Join the Grandmaster and me, Ophira Eisenberg, next time on Ask Me Another, NPR's guiltiest and most puzzling pleasure.